Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Straight talk. No nonsense. Honest debate. This is The Roy Green Show. We're going to sit down with our federal counterparts. We're going to stand united. Uh, I know all all provinces should be standing united uh, with our federal counterparts, and we'll uh, we'll deal with that. Well, there's the uh, premier-elect for Ontario, Doug Ford, responding to what happened with uh, Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Trump um, at the Roy Green Show. My Twitter account from at Chad Bonnerts. What is a populist government? Populism at its root, populism is a belief in the power of regular people and in their right to have control over their government rather than a small group of political insiders or a wealthy elite. The word populism comes from the Latin word for people, populus. And I'm telling you, one of the problems for the people who believe in globalism, Justin Trudeau is one of them, is that they don't like the idea of populism and nationalism because it flies against what it is they have bought into. And so that G7 issue, that whole G7 conference, was designed to challenge Donald Trump. And they did, and he reacted. And I'm not surprised at the manner in which he reacted, but I'll say again, I don't think Air Force One was the best location to do that from. Joining me on the program is John Thaler. He's a founder and chief investment officer at JAT Capital Partners, asset management and wealth management specialists. And uh, Mr. Thaler, I had a whole series of questions for you, and then... Yesterday happened at the G7, so I still have some of those questions, but I'd like to begin with your assessment of the tariffs issue and what has now developed into what we suspected eventually would happen, and that is the headbutting between the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Canada. How do you assess that? Hey, Roy, good to speak to you. Uh, look, the President has made it very clear since, uh, really since his campaign, that he was going to pursue the best, both economic outcome for the United States, as well as the the best national security outcome for the United States. I think the 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 talk about tariffs uh, is really the beginning of a negotiation. And, and when it comes to tariffs, I really think you really, uh, the, the administration looks at the world in three buckets. There's China by itself, which really is the big end game, which is a, a conversation by itself. There's the EU, and then there's NAFTA. And inside NAFTA, I think there's a very different um, set of priorities for both Canada and Mexico. But uh, I think this is the beginning of a negotiation, and there's no question the president's going to pursue the best economic outcome for America. Well, his uh, his election phrase was, make America great again. And we, we've, we've certainly talked about that. Uh, do, you see, do you see an economic uh, reaction? Do you see a reaction on the markets to what has happened between Canada and the United States over the last couple of days, over the last 24 hours particularly, 
And do you also believe that there should be a special relationship that exists between Canada and the United States? We've long felt that we should have a special relationship and that we do have a special relationship. Maybe that isn't the case in 2018 going forward. I don't know. What do you think? Well, to, to your first point on the markets, um, there, there are a number of things driving the markets right now. That, you know, In the face of all of this uh, hubbub this week, the markets actually were quite strong, but I think that's more to do with uh, the digestion of uh, Q1 earnings, which we're just getting through. Uh, look, I, I think the question about the markets really strikes at the core of the issue with China, because there's a an enormous emphasis in the U.S. marketplace on near-term outcomes. Certainly, as a capitalist society, people are focused on return on capital over short periods of time. Uh, and as the Chinese government is, is uh, largely controlling their economy and has a, a hundred-year view, they're making economic decisions that are totally uneconomic in the near term, but uh, are in their strategic interest over a long period of time. Uh, if we were to see a real trade war between the United States and its allies break out in any meaningful way, there's no question that's a negative for the markets in the near term. Uh, I, I think that the administration, however, is well advised to ignore near-term market outcomes in favor of what is the best long-term outcome for the United States. Uh, to the, your second point on, on the relationship between the United States and Canada, look, there's no question. Of all the players that are in this mix of President Trump, trade war, tariff uh, conversation, Canada has the most unique um, allied relationship with the United States as a consequence of the similar cultures, the geographic proximity, uh, the, you know, the, the trade balance is actually quite neutral. I think as you think about NAFTA as one of the three buckets I mentioned earlier, uh, there, you know, the impact of NAFTA on the United States, or at least the perception of the, of the administration, is that there were, was a significant amount of job loss to Mexico as manufacturing flowed below the border. We also have a uh, an immigration and uh, drug issue flowing through that border that we don't have with Canada. I think when we're sitting here six or 12 months from now looking back on the outcome of this tariff stuff with, with the president, uh, the, the, the outcome with Canada is likely to be quite benign. I would expect significant changes to Mexico. The president has talked about having unilateral, unilateral um, negotiations with Canada and Mexico. I think that's, that's the likely outcome. I think there are things he'd like to extract from Mexico that really aren't issues with Canada. So I, I, do, I do agree with your point that the, the allied relationship between the United States and Canada is very unique, uh, really unique amongst the whole uh, slew of global players we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We've long talked about the longest undefended border in the world. And I, I just saw that to me it was a case of during the G7, the tariffs issue intruded on what was going to be a, really a, um, a, more of a global economic conference. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe these G7 things any longer, uh, other than to say they're superfluous in my view. But anyway, we have them, $600 million, and you see what we got. Uh, the tariffs issue now between Canada and the United States, never mind Europe or, or Mexico, just between Canada and the United States, how do you see that playing itself out? Because Mr. Trump yesterday was talking about the, uh, the, the auto sector, cars being brought into the United States from Canada, and he may take a look at that as far as tariffs are concerned. Do you see this becoming a, a, a more contentious issue or, or settling down over the next 12 months? Yeah, I see the tariff, the whole tariff conversation taking two phases. The first is, through the president's eyes, there's a starting point which is unfair. There, you know, If you look down the, the tariffs globally between the United States and its trading partners, there's a whole variety of asymmetric tariffs that are 
asymmetric against the United States that are really a reflection of, uh, of a negotiation that, that took place at a different point in time, particularly with the, with the European countries uh, who, uh, you know, post-World War II, you know, really were in need of uh, rebuilding their countries, and the United States was a, a dominant economic power and was in a position to assist that. Uh, so phase one of this is reset to neutral. Uh, he's talked about fair trade, not uh, not a, not one that has uh, asymmetric tariffs. The second element of this, though, I think the president rightly looks at this as a businessman, as a pragmatist, and says the greatest strategic asset the United States has right now is our consumer. Uh, the United States is the largest customer for virtually every country on earth. Uh, and just as he would in any business negotiation, he wants to leverage that strategic asset to obtain the best economic deal possible. So I, I think as it relates to Canada, the phase one that I talked about, resetting to neutral, you know, look, uh, there are some things on dairy and, and, and autos where, you know, you could tweak here and there. Uh, as I said, it's a pretty benign neutral trade situation currently between the United States and Canada. There's not a, there's not a fix that needs to be made. I do think as we proceed into phase two of this, Will the president look to obtain an asymmetric economic relationship in the United States' favor? I mean, I think it's not lost on him when we start talking, you know, building up the rhetoric between the two countries. The United States represents more than half of Canada's exports, and Canada represents slightly more than 10% of the United States' exports. So were we to find ourselves in a trade war, I think the president's perception is that's more painful for Canada by a mile than it is for the United States. So in phase two, where he's trying to find a, a favorable economic uh, arrangement, does he look to leverage that? I, I wouldn't surprise me if he did. But I think right now we are in phase one for sure. Canada is not really a, a concern, I don't think, on that on that basis. And as I said, I think all of this stuff is getting lost in the shuffle of China, which is the real end game. And frankly, all the players that were involved in the in the G7, ex-China, really should have their eyes on how are we going to slow right. that economic power. That's the real end game for the administration. Mr. Thaler, great talking to you. Thank you so much for the time. Founder, CIO at JAT Capital Partners. Thanks again. Thanks, Roy. All the best. We'll come back in a minute.